Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the New Hollywood Podcast. Yes. 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 Podcast. <laughs> My name is Tito Ray Ramos. And I'm Amanda Nduka. And this week we have our guest, filmmaker Jennifer Caton Robinson, who directed and wrote Someone Great, starring Gina Rodriguez, Dewa- friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast, Dewanda Dewanda Wise. Wise. And Britney Stowe, which is a fun little romantic comedy. Also, Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah. But it's yeah. about the girls. And he's like one. a romantic lead, which is kind of different yeah. than what you've like what you've actually seen. And him plus, before. he's a dude. So this this movie is for the girls. <laughs> it's I a girl think. power. Yeah. It's an empowerment. It's sisterhood. It has all that stuff, all that good stuff mixed into it. Yeah. And um, Jennifer, Jennifer is really fun. And she, she, she came in guns a blazing. Yes, with her ni- with her nice little red pants, yeah. which I have been looking for ever <laughs> since she came here. And, um, um, she also uh, did the show Sweet Vicious. Yes, which yeah. was ran for one season on MTV. It was it was it was very timely. It was it was a really cool concept about these two girls who basically investigate all these sexual assault allegations that happened on their college campus. Yeah, it, maybe it was timely and also ahead of its time. Right, yeah. right. Maybe that's why it got canceled. Yeah. Um, but it was it, like she definitely you could tell like through her work she's definitely all about female empowerment and and like I said like sisterhood and and all that stuff so I mean I think she's really making a name for herself in that in that space Mm -hmm. you know yeah and like the like you said, the movie was cute. I mean, we the movie was cute. Yeah, you know? well, fun. <laughs> it was fun. Cute makes it sound. Like yeah, you're weird. right. I always say cute. It takes place in New York. I and, say cute. I don't mean yeah. that as an offense. I just yeah. say that to everything. But and yeah, it was fun. It, it, it is. It, it's this very. It, it is a very uh, empowering film for women. Like a not. A, it's like a rom com, but right. it's like not your typical rom com. It's right. a rom com for 2019. That's right. For sure. And it's yeah. a coming of age. Like it's like she kind of like like pinpoints this period in your life where you're about to turn 30 and you're still like in your 20s doing your 20s ish and then all of a sudden you're gonna turn 30 and it's like what the hell am i supposed to do now am i supposed to be an adult Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's that whole do i need a girl it's a peter pan syndrome right yeah we talked about this on a podcast how it's a peter pan syndrome for for women because we always see it with men Mm -hmm. and it's about growing up, basically. Right. Being a grown-ass adult. Right. And it's like a rom-com, but it, it, it doesn't end as you would expect a rom-com to end. Yeah. Kind of. Would you say that? I mean, we're, let's just have them watch it. <laughs> <laughs> just watch it and tell us what you think. Yeah. Leave us a comment. Tweet yeah, us. Yeah, tweet us. <laughs> All right. So without further ado, here is Jennifer. Well, Jennifer, thank you again for being here. Thank Welcome to Deadline's New Hollywood Podcast. Yeah. You're someone great. <laughs> You're someone <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
<laughs> oh, we're done. We don't have to We're done. done. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so for tuning Jennifer in. So Jennifer is the director of the Netflix, upcoming Netflix film, Someone Great. And you also were the creator for Sweet Vicious. Yeah. That was on MTV. Sweet slash Vicious. Gone right? too yeah. soon. Um, but we just like to like in this, we like to talk about like your beginnings and how you kind of, um, how your journey was to get to this point. And where, like, where, where, would, where did your, I guess, inspiration to come to be in this business, where did that start from? So when I was younger, I wanted to be an actress, mm. uh, like like many yeah, you know, musical like everybody, yeah. nerds want to be. <laughs> um, and I lived in Miami, and when I was uh, 16 years old, I threw like one of those talent search things, ended up auditioning for uh, Disney. Mm. And through that process, ended up getting to like the final round to play the best friend on Hannah Montana. <laughs> Oh, the, Which is so, so hilarious funny. to me. Um, so that kind of brought me out to LA, and then, and I was 16. I graduated high school early, and I just stayed out here, um, and you know, was auditioning. And I, I am, I am great. Like 10 minutes with me, amazing. 20 minutes with me, even better. Like three minutes with me, where I walk in, say my name, read a script, and then leave. Not, not, not my yeah, strongest. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know, not, not where <laughs> I'm going to thrive. Yeah. Um, and so I learned that quickly. And also, you know, I just didn't know, and this kind of goes back to why visibility is so important. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what job I wanted. I, I wanted to be a storyteller. I wanted to be a creator. I wanted to, to be putting things out into the world and, and have creative license. But I didn't know that the job I wanted was writer. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, even further from that, director. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so as I was out here and, you know, auditioning for like, to play like the you know child corpse on CSI, <laughs> I I realized I was like, oh, I don't I don't want this. Like I I want to be the person that writes the child corpse mm -hmm. on CSI. Mm -hmm. uh, so you had you had no formal training in, in screenwriting. No, I didn't writing. go to college. Oh wow. Okay. Didn't go to school. <laughs> um, no, my training was honestly I was like, okay, what do I want to do? Who's done it? And I would just scour the internet and try and find a script that did what I wanted to do, read mm. that script, and learned that way. Mm. Um, Were there certain people you like, You kind of look up, you looked up to in this business or you wanted to kind of emulate? Yeah, I mean, mm. of course. I would say that, you know, there, there, there's, all, there's all different kinds. I think that, you know, there's the Nora Ephrods and the Mike Nichols and Elaine Mays of the world that definitely, like, inspired me and are, you know, such deep, deep, deep inspirations and, and you know, guiding lights in terms of like the career that I would dream to have and then there's like Josh Schwartz mm. like you know like and Stephanie Savage and you know I mean Tina Fey with yeah. 30 Rock like right. there's it's like JJ Abrams like there's like there's a huge kind of like variety of people that I look to and and wanted to kind of when I was starting out it was about it was more me like emulating what they were doing than than understanding what I was doing, right. and then it was through that that I was able to kind of find my voice and mm -hmm. hone in on, you know, what what I wanted to do. Right, right. Yeah. So when you kind of entered, or even like before you entered the the biz, as they call it, um, <laughs> as a cool thing. Yeah, to say. The, yeah. yeah <laughs> the insiders. It's called the biz, guys. No. Um, what did you find most frustrating about romantic comedies and? How did you, how, when you were making, or when you were writing or creating Someone Great, how do you think that changed the rom, or like how did you want it to change the rom-com, or what, how did you want to subvert it, and, and how do you think it still kind of pays homage to the classic tale? Yeah, uh, I mean, for me, it was always about, I, I knew that I wanted to make a romantic comedy where a woman chose herself, mm -hmm. and, and I think I, growing up, had seen so many movies that told me that 
it's the promise of another romantic relationship that's going to keep you whole and make you whole. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jerry Maguire yeah, famously yeah. Yeah. said, you complete me. Yeah. Um, and for me, I was like, you know, I just, I want a story that tells me that like I complete me mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I want to be able to make that for people. And so, it, you know, because and the other thing that, that I really wanted to do with the genre is to be able to tell a story about love where it's like, it's not one big cataclysmic thing that, that ends it. It's just life that mm-hmm. ends it. And it's, it's, that, it's that melancholy and kind of like deep, deep, deep emotional you know, journey that you go through in your life, especially in your 20s going into your 30s. And I, I really wanted to tell a story that you know, was a love story where nothing big went wrong. It was just over. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think that can be the most heartbreaking version of love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. Like, you know, I don't know if I, like our listeners or if you guys watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend or anything like my, that. Like one of my favorites. <laughs> Did you watch the finale? Yes. Yeah, so okay. Finale. So it's interesting because we're seeing, you know, that, that finale, she kind of chose herself. In a way, and in this movie, spoiler alert, guys, she chose herself. (laughs) But you know, I think you kind of get that. Um, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. And then also, it always it reminded me of like when I used to watch Nile Two and (laughs) O, like the original Nile Two and O, when Kelly had to choose between Brandon and Dylan, Luke Perry, R.I.P. And then she took them on a walk, and then they went on for a walk, and then she was like, "I choose myself." (laughs) So like that kind of yeah. I mean, as cheesy as like now, two and zero is, but no, yeah, but yeah, you yeah. know what? Like, yeah. I think that we need more of that messaging in, yeah. in everything from nine hundred two and zero to Crazy Ex Girlfriend to this movie to like. I just think we need. I think that you know, the the more that especially young people see that messaging and 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 feel like they have the license and the and you know like. I think that self-love is something that we just we need to be talking about so yeah, much more. I think and, so too. Yeah, and it's like you can have a rom-com that's full of love and that's full of life and that's full of romance. Yeah. And but it can still be rooted in the in the idea that like you coming first doesn't mean you're selfish. It means you are full of your own love. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then you're able to give that love to other people in a meaningful way. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah. Like I love. I, I feel like like uh, Gina Gina Rodriguez's character represented that you know choosing yourself um, narrative. But what 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 about uh, Dewanda and Brittany's characters? How, who would you say they represented? So I think to, what I wanted to do is I really wanted to kind of have these three women that are kind of in this like arrested development stage at the end of their twenties, going into their thirties, and I think that you have. I wanted to. I wanted these women to feel familiar without feeling stereotypical. Okay. And so you have like Brittany, Brittany Snow's Brittany character, Snow, Blair. Yeah. I think that character very easily can be kind of like the nag or the type A or like I want my whole life to be a certain way. And for me, I feel like when I was writing that character, I was like, I want, I want her to blow up her life in a way that feels true to who she is as a woman. I don't mm-hmm. want her to blow up her life and become a whole different person. But I think that, you know, she's a woman that's, you know, 29 and has been in a relationship for a really long time and was like I'm on this track and she set this track and she got so lost in the track that she forgot that she wasn't living her life Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and so that you know I think alternative from Jenny who you know got this big opportunity that she was that she was searching for and wanting and, and working towards this whole time and kind of had to make a decision between who she was and who she is with Nate, who is her, you know, long-term boyfriend and who she, you know, wants to become, which, Mm -hmm. you know, she has to become her own person before, you know, and she has to do that separately. I think that there, you know, 
they they the stories complement each other but it's like jenny's kind of moving into selfhood in a different way and and britney's character is kind of like letting her hair down for the first time because she's mm-hmm. been on this track for so yeah. long and you know on the hamster wheel of like i want to be the perfect i want to be right. the mom and the house and the dog and the mm-hmm. this and the that um and she kind of is like nope <laughs> yeah uh and then jawanda uh, is kind of the 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 central love story in the present day. She mm-hmm. is she is someone. She's a she. Uh, Dewanda Aaron is a queer woman who has not had the same romantic relationships that her straight friends have had, um, and she's kind of getting into a relationship for the first time. And she's really scared and unsure. And she's wading into these waters of does saying I love you make me too adult? Is that right. me giving up kind of like the wild woman that I want to be? Mm-hmm. You know, and how do I kind of balance between, you know, being in this relationship and feeling like I'm growing up and also holding on to the person that I am and have been in my 20s. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it's like, that's interesting. I'm listening to you, you know, we, we seldom get to see women who have a Peter Pan syndrome in a way. Yeah, yeah right? That's a huge part of the movie. Yeah, yeah. no. And it's it's, fun. it's like I, I so related to these three women because you have you have your friend group that like you have that person who's like so responsible. Like my like my friend who's an accountant. She's like our responsible. Like, and, then they, her the yeah. and then we have our friends that like. Are trash, like me. <laughs> that's, like, trash. I don't... <laughs> that's trash, but like they still, you know, they, they, they still no. want to hold on to that, like that childhood essence, even though, you know, we're living our adult lives now so I feel like that that really did paint like an accurate picture of what you know of the friend group looks like and I really like I really connected to that and it it was like an accurate depiction like we'll get into this later but of like New York you know like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like you can you can stay you can like feel young forever in New York because it really allows you to like feel like you're like like living forever and it's like I'm like I'm gonna be this age for the rest of my life and it's like (laughs) I can go out and it's like the city is so alive and uh, but I, yeah, like, I mean, the Peter Pan thing, like, the whole idea of I wanted to make a coming of age story yeah. about coming into your 30s because I think you, it's when you kind of stop, look around, you're like, oh shit, my choices matter now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, you know, I feel like you have like stages of coming of age, right? Like, you have your, your, your adolescence from a teenager to like, you know, out of your teenage years. And then, coming into 30 is another coming of age kind of like tale too because it's it's so different you know like you think that you're an adult when you're in your you know your 20s or whatever and then you don't know shit (laughs) you you still don't know shit so it's like and then everyone's like oh you have your quarter life crisis which i think is kind of bullshit (laughs) yeah but i I can that's that's just the new age bracket i think the difference is like you you think you know shit when you're in your early 20s and then at your 30s you you like the coming into adulthood is that is like is the realization that you don't know yeah. shit. You're like, oh, yeah. oh wow. Like, oh, I don't know anything. Right. And then forties, you're like, oh my god, you know, I yeah. don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so, I'm excited for my 80s. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Like, see, yeah, I just don't want to get. I feel like that's when I'm gonna get it anymore. together. Yeah. Like, like I see my 80s. parents and they're just doing whatever <laughs> the hell they want, yes. and I'm just like. Like, my mom is just standing in the middle of the grocery aisle, yeah. and she doesn't care who's walking around her. <laughs> right. She's just walking the way. I'm going to wear slippers everywhere. <laughs> so you had, I mean, like we mentioned earlier, you created the show called uh, Sweet Vicious, which was about these two girls that were, they were they investigated um, on campus sexual uh, assault um, allegations. And then you have this show, Someone Great, um, or sorry, the movie Someone Great, both of them carrying these uh, strong narratives of women empowerment. Is that why was that important for you to kind of like I guess I guess to kind of um, 
as you, I guess, create your own voice in this industry, why were those two kind of these, this narrative of women empowerment? Why is that important for you to kind to to showcase? I think it's just like it's what I it's what I know, it's what I feel, and and I also listen. Like I like I'm extremely privileged to have the space to tell stories and and that people uh, are watching and listening. And for me, I want to use that space in in not just an entertaining way, but in a way where I'm saying something. Yeah, and, and you know. For me, the biggest thing is I just want to tell stories about women. It's what I know. They say, write what you know. This is what I know. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to. I wanted to make things that that I wish I had had when I was younger. That that you know are inspired by my friends and my experiences. And for me, I feel like there's there's a lot of stuff on TV about about women, but it can be very, it can be catty. It can, you know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. there's there's not a lot where it's like it's really truly rooted in sisterhood and empowerment. And that to me are the pillars of what keeps me <laughs> like right. what helps me wake up in the morning. Right. So, you know, I that to use this space that I have within the industry, there's just like no <laughs> no other thing yeah. Yeah. I would want to talk about and, and write about and make. And like telling these like you mentioned these like sort of subversive female like female driven stories. Did you was it hard for you? Like was that a hard sell for you in 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 the room? Like pitching <laughs> like yeah, pitching yeah. these pitching for sweet vicious yeah. or, or even well, for, for yeah both. for both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got listen. I, my career has been spill it, spill it, a bit crazy because it's like I wrote I wrote a script for Sweet Vicious that that was out there, and MTV found like read the script and like asked me for the show. Oh, nice. So and oh, then okay. again, like I wrote the script for someone great, and Netflix read the script and liked it and oh, wanted wow. to make mm-hmm. it. So in both of these in- instances, the script existed. So mm-hmm. it was they, there wasn't as much of a pitch process, but in other things that I've done. Yeah, it's like you still, it's like everyone says that they want those stories about women and they want to make these things. And then you go in and you pitch the thing and you're like, here's like, mm. here's the no brainer female empowerment show. And everyone's like, oh, we don't know. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of lip service from the industry when, they, think, when it comes to action. It's a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think it's, I think it goes both ways. Like, I think that, you know, there, there are places that are, that, that are, you know, kind of like walking the walk and talking the talk. And right. then, you know, but I, I think we still have a very long way to go in this industry for everything to feel like it's not just like, you know, oh, we have our stories about women. Because, mm-hmm. like, does anyone ever say that about men? They're like, oh, you know what? We have, we have 17 shows about white men. <laughs> so we don't need an 18th. It's like, right. no, no, they're they like, they're like give, us, give us more. Yeah, give us we'll two more. more. Yeah. Give us yeah. more. <laughs> We want a lot more. Do you feel more. like because I know the show premiered before the Harvey Weinstein scandal yeah. like took place? And you were telling the future. <laughs> yeah, basically that. I mean, obviously there were other scandals before that, but I feel like maybe we could say that opened the floodgates for you know people to come forward with 100%. their story. Do you feel like the show would have lived on if it, if it had come after that period? I don't know. Okay. You know, it's so hard to say because it's like. The decisions to cancel a show are like it's like the top man. It's like I picture it being like the top man in like the top office Mm -hmm. in like a room. Like the wizard. He doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, like like basically, it's like the wizard of Oz. It's like like, I don't even know who does that. You know, it's like it's not a personal decision. It's a business decision. It's Viacom. It's this, that. It's the other. Mm -hmm. So who knows? Like, do I think that? Do I think that? You know had the show been on Netflix where it could have been accessed in a different way, mm-hmm. it would have been a different thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I got to make 10 episodes of television that I really loved. Yeah. So and and uh and and it came out right after Trump 
right oh, after right. the, yeah, the yeah, Trump yeah. tape yeah, on the yeah, bus. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to say the word, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what words we can say. <laughs> yeah. like, no, you can you say can, anything. Yeah. You can actually say anything. Yeah. <laughs> but we know the word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, you know, it was after that. And it's like, yeah. I was I was at Comic-Con promoting Sweet Vicious before it came out. And I remember getting back to my hotel room and being like, this man, what? <laughs> he said what? Yeah. In What? And I was like, oh, he's done. And then it was fine. I was like, oh, he's going to go he's, elected. He's getting elected. <laughs> of course. Just to piggyback off of that, do you feel like the possibilities, though, for females and for female narratives, do you feel like the, the possibilities have widened? A hundred percent. Okay. A hundred percent. I think it's like with every year, and I think it's, oh, I think the momentum has been there for a really long time. I mean, if you look back to, it, the thing is, it's like, women's stories they've always done well they've always been great we've always watched them mm-hmm. and but i think right now there's like this amazing groundswell where the industry is really getting behind it in a way where they're not treating every single time a female-led movie does well like it's the first time it's right. happened right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. um and we're we're, we're <laughs> reaching parity in the sense that you know hopefully we can get to a place where they can fail, where we yeah. can make some bad right. yeah. yeah. I think that's the case with all marginalized communities. It's like all, you know, when, you know, stuff like Black Panther or Crazy Rich Asians came out, um, a lot of people were like, oh, if, like, especially Crazy Rich, if this fails, then it's Yeah, done. you don't it's get another yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. But it's like all Which white men get permission to fail <laughs> all the time. Oh, that's right. And they fail up. You right. make a bad movie. Yeah, fail, word up, fail upwards. Just, yeah. And we're still going to sign them, like, a, give them a three-picture deal for the next yeah. They're like, oh, this, so, this remake of this thing that no one asked for <laughs> didn't do well. Okay, we'll give you, like, more yeah, money. Like, yeah. yeah, they're like, we probably didn't give you enough money. Right. It's our fault. It's our fault. Meanwhile, like, you know, you know, person of color, or LGBTQ, a woman did that. They'd be like, like you have to, leave, you have to move to Wisconsin, leave. ma'am. Right? You're, you're, yeah. you're done. You're done. Like we need to, we're gonna take all your belongings. We have taken your house. Yeah. Please we're turn over the lease yeah. to your car. Yeah. Pack up all your, pack up your house plant yeah. at your desk. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pack up your shit and get out. Um, so when you were writing someone great, were you specifically wanting the characters to be inclusive and be multicultural? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And you know what? And are they based on anyone you know? Like Jenny is me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, uh, and I didn't even do a good job naming her. <laughs> um, I am not creative. Um, uh, yes, but what's interesting is, so I wrote the script originally like before Sweet Vicious was made. Mm-hmm. And it was before I really like made anything in the industry and like been a part of the community and also... Twitter was a huge part for me. Like when I got to t- when I when I was be speaking with fans of Sweet Vicious and like what they wanted to see and how they wanted to see themselves and so when when I wrote the script, it wasn't there was no race assigned to the script, but in my head it was based on like me and my friends and mm-hmm. we're white women. Mm-hmm. And as I started, as I you know kind of like evolved as a storyteller and as a person and like just like was out in the world more, I was like, no, I would be doing a huge disservice to this movie and to the audience to for it to be that narrow. Mm-hmm, so it, mm-hmm. you know, while it didn't, there was no, you know, nothing that I thought that I was gonna, you know, do with it in terms of like casting and all of that when I first started writing it. Like when you write, I wrote the script thinking like, it'll be a good sample. Like yeah. I didn't think it would get made. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, as I started to, you know, kind of like, especially engage with the fans of Sweet Vicious and like, just like, understand the audience out there and what the audience wants and like what people are so hungry for and like and and what they crave and like visibility and how important that is and all of those things together the script evolved because I was like 
that's that's it. Mm-hmm. That's the storytelling, and it's mm-hmm. like I have the opportunity to 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 do that. A hundred and fifty percent, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a story about New York, mm-hmm. like. Like it's every a, single flavor. Yeah, it's the most, it's the most di- diverse place in the entire world. Yeah. Like, and how could you not have a black queer woman or you know a yes. Latina? Lead? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Like a Latina dating a black man. Yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. yes. And it's like I, I wanted the movie to, I wanted the movie to reflect the audience that it's for, and yeah. that was like there was just no other version of the movie to mm-hmm. me. Once we, you know, you know, got it to Netflix and we talked to Netflix and they were so on board. The producers, Paul Feig, who produced the movie, yeah. completely on board. Um, it was... He's like a huge ally, too. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. He is like story, the number yeah. one. Yeah. And he's the best dressed ally. Of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but like, I, I, my personal favorite scene was when they visit Jabuki in... in the, uh, he's incredible. He is yeah. incredible. He's a friend of the podcast, yeah. too. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, you, when you were writing this and, like, you kind of, you, you saw a, 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 an opportunity to fill gaps... You know, how do you think the industry is, do, what is it doing right and what is what it, does it need to pr- improve on when it's fighting this fight for inclusivity and visibility? Um, I think what we're doing right is the storytelling seems to be getting more inclusive, I think. Mm. And that's especially because I think that there is a, there is a more diverse group of people behind the lens. Yeah. I think that there are, we are, writers, directors, producers, I think the, the storytellers are becoming more inclusive mm-hmm. and the studios are being more inclusive of those storytellers and trusting those storytellers to put their stories on the screen. Uh, and then the thing that I think we still need to do is I think we need to be challenging the people who aren't doing it more. Mm. I could talk about this all day, but I did it. Mm-hmm. Like, let's talk to all the people that aren't doing it yes. and say, what are these choices? Like, you know, and, and open it up and start that conversation in a way that we're not attacking anyone because I don't think you get anything done that way. But I well, think... I feel like <laughs> like the st- that's why they have been because they've been shamed on like Twitter. And <laughs> yeah, but like, and I like, don't think... There's a way to approach yeah, things, I think. Yeah, I don't think yeah. that's the way. I, yeah. think you, I, think you, I think you, in a really genuine like want for equality and want for like just like a, a better industry... I think it's about inviting those people yeah. that maybe aren't aren't as inclusive or don't understand inclusivity or are like afraid to dip their toe in it because they're like I don't know maybe that's not my lane. Invite them in, yeah, and let's let's have it be yeah. a really big, great conversation and and you know rooted in love and rooted in just like the want for more visibility and and you know more storytelling that feels inclusive without feeling like tokenism. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah, I think like. I mean, I, I've been to plenty of these diversity panels and, you know, I've, I, I, I've spoken on them, moderated them, and I've been talking with friends who are in that kind of space. And it's, um, not that they're a bad thing, you know, it's great to have this visibility of people talking about diversity and inclusion, but at a certain point, it seems like we're just kind of talking to ourselves or yeah. talking, yeah. speaking to the chorus. And it's like, oh, we need to include these, you know, white, right. straight, right. cisgender men. They need to come hear us talk and be included in the conversation as well. Yeah, yeah, and I also think it's like it can't be on marginalized communities to fix this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. that is bullshit. Because we don't have power. No, <laughs> that is bullshit. You like we like we. No, you need, need allies. You yeah, yeah. need the allies. Yeah. You need those men that are those men and those women, and you know who are sitting at the top 
whether that's studios, big directors, whatever it is, like you need those people to be the loudest voice because they have the power to be the loudest voice. Yeah. Yeah. They need and to I help think, amplify. Yes, yeah. they need to help amplify. They <laughs> yeah. need to listen. I think the other thing is like, it's a, just listen. Yeah. Just take the time and listen. Yeah. Um, and or just be aware of what's going on in the yes. world in general. Be plugged into the culture. Yes. Engage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what's what's next for you? I want to make a horror movie. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, I want to make a horror movie. I don't know what I don't know what it'll be yet. I'm gonna go in like, a hole after the press of this movie. Is, yeah. Is Are you and... more like horror slasher, supernatural? No, no like, like Get horror. Out. Oh. Okay. No, I want to make what I really want to make is a horror movie about the places women put themselves into because they're afraid of being unlikable or saying no. Oh my mm. god! Oh, because that can get. I've been in situations like small situations, but it's like I do it every day. Where I'm mm. like, I am in, doing something I don't want to fucking do. Yeah, mm-hmm. because I just didn't want to say no to you because I was afraid you were gonna think I was a bitch. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is the that case with a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a good. Well, one. where we're looking for, yeah. I would watch. I, I love me a good horror. Have you seen us? I haven't I haven't oh oh, seen it Lordy. yet. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. You'll get inspired yeah, after. Yeah, the one, the day I was supposed to see it, I was hungover and I was like, <laughs> I don't think I can do this. You should actually watch it hungover. Uh, no, <laughs> it that's sober you up. I think that's no, <laughs> I think that would be terrible. Oh man, yeah, maybe. My friends watched Get Out High and they loved it. I would see it, it high. They, they watched <laughs> it the first time and they loved it. Yeah, yeah, seeing it high would not be an issue for me. But, <laughs> but being, drunk is like because you get you're a little ill, you know. Yeah, I like felt like ill. I like yeah. had too much tequila the night before oh, and I yeah. was like I'm gonna throw up in this movie <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, fine yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make it interesting yeah. so to wrap up the interview we like to ask uh, random questions we call yeah. it the facts FAQs mm. um, so the first the first question is what's the last thing that you binged the last thing that I binged Shrill oh, oh yeah, yeah you're telling me about that oh, isn't that a <laughs> great so I need to watch good. it. I watched and it's the first like a, it's a tight six episodes, yeah. half yes. hours. Love it. Love yeah. it. Yes. Oh no! You know what? The last thing that I binged, and it's not out yet, but I watched. I literally signed up for the BBC to watch it. Fleabag season oh, two. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that the one with Olivia Coleman? No, that's not Olivia it. Coleman oh, is, is Coleman? in it. It's okay. Phoebe Waller Bridge. Yes. Okay. This season of television is maybe the best thing I've ever seen on television really? ever. Yes. Oh, really? Wow. I, it's, I think it's my favorite piece of television I've ever watched. Oh, my Can God. Wait, is it is the first season on Netflix? Do first you know? season is on Amazon. 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 Okay. And the second okay. season will be on Amazon okay. in May. <laughs> <laughs> I am Phoebe Waller Bridge's publicist. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, is there a problematic female? Centered romantic comedy that you would want to remake? Ooh, that's a really good question. Yeah. <laughs> Problematic female centered romantic comedy that I would want to remake or revisit or whatever. That's I don't hard. know. That's a hard one. I know. Or what is like what what is like one of your favorite romantic comedies that you always go back to that you know you'll always watch and never get tired of. I mean, all the Nora Ephron, okay. Harry oh, Met Sally, yeah. Sleep is in Seattle. You know what? I'm going to say, this is, I'm going to get like <laughs> hit in the face no, for you saying won't. this. This is a safe um, space, but I don't know about our listeners. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is a safe space. I'm going to get like death threats on Twitter. Um, uh, in Sleepless in Seattle, okay. which I just recently watched, okay. which, is, which is a masterpiece, mm-hmm. she hires... A private detective to take pictures of Tom Hanks. Okay. <laughs> and like in rewatching yeah. it recently, I was just like, 
It was a different time. It was a different time. She didn't have Instagram. I get it. Because now I'm like, I'm like, I meet a new guy, and I'm like, literally like five years deep in his like tagged photos. Yeah, isn't Instagram dangerous? Which I think is the same thing. No, it is. You'll fall into that hole. Okay, so that is, you know, in that era, that was in pirate investigators were Instagram. Yes, that was Instagram. But that I watched that, and I was just like, oh, girl. Yeah. I don't know why when you said that the first movie I thought about was She's All That. Oh, oh yeah. Like, yes, She's All like, That. That is, yeah. Well, it's yeah. Like, maybe we love Freddie Prince. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I definitely. But, but oh, yeah, that's the re- yeah. reason that was, I, I would love a remake of She's All That. Yeah. To but I can watch, like, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Like, oh, yeah. 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh, 10 Things. Oh, that, that oh, came R.I.P. That, <laughs> a lot of R.I.P.s. Oh, yeah. Paul Walker from She's All That. Oh, my God. This is taking a dark turn. No, oh. But oh uh, yeah, uh, ten things I love that. That and paintball it, scene I think is the most erotic thing I've ever <laughs> seen on film. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's just the fact that you know, you know, you forget people like Allison Janney was in that God, movie. She's, she's, yeah, it's ten so, things. Yeah, she she's was a, the principal. Yes. Oh shit, I don't with remember. the cat. Yeah, she had the cat. mug oh, with the yeah. cat. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that was her. I know Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yes. Come on. I fell in love with him. Okay, I need to rewatch that. Maybe <laughs> I, I'll watch I, that while I'm at work. <laughs> Right. What is the worst way somebody has broken up with you? (laughs) Oh, on my birthday. Literally the night before my birthday. It's what this kind of is what this movie is inspired by. I flew, so I was in a long distance relationship, flew to New York to see him for my birthday. He spent two days not answering my phone call. While you were in New York. In New York. Finally, he was like, come over. And I was like, well, it's not going to be, he's not going to have flowers waiting for me. Uh, I get to his apartment. He breaks up with me. It's the night before my birthday. And he tells you to come to him. Yeah, I went to him. Listen, I was 20, I was 21 turning 22. Mm-hmm. How old was he? I wasn't my age. Yeah. Okay, we okay, were, okay. I wasn't making great choices. <laughs> right, right. No, right, it's, right, like, right. it's a learning curve. Yeah. Right. Um, but great. Do you still yeah. talk to him? <laughs> no, I don't. You know what, though? Instagram, I, like, like, yes, I do. <laughs> um, he's, like, very lovely and, okay. and, and it, you know, is great. And yeah. we've, like, DM'd a couple times. And it's like, oh, there's nice. no, uh, honestly, the way I feel about every ex-boyfriend I feel very Ariana Grande about it. Like, I'm so fucking Thank you, next. My ass. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I don't understand how people are like, oh, I can't see this person. I can't walk into this place. I'm just like, uh, I mean, it happened. And it's, yeah. <laughs> we've all moved I think on. when it's raw, I get it. And if yeah. maybe if there was like, it, it, like, I feel like that means that there's still a feeling there. Yeah, so, I think so. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I feel that is nothing hor- but great. But yeah, so me horrible, too. Like, because I look back and I'm like, thank God this didn't work out. <laughs> so, yeah, you're just like, like, every single relationship, I'm like, thank God this didn't work out. So, But I'm, I'm still trying because it's like you flew there <laughs> he called you he said hey I have something to tell you and you're like oh you're gonna give me a birthday gift and you go there and he's like oh he was bye. like hey come over and I was like <laughs> yeah. like Walked well, over you're like, oh, from the east side, cool. you're like, like oh. East Village to Chelsea. <laughs> got there and he was like, "We're not doing this anymore." And I was like, "Tight, tight, how tight." Long, <laughs> how long was the? Re- cool, how cool, long cool. were you going out? This has become a therapy session. Yeah, though. right. Like a year. Okay. Oh, like not okay. a long time. But it's still years. Still, still long. Years a pretty good time. It was yeah. a, good a good amount of time. of time. It was a good like, chunk of time that yeah. it was like dating and then and then and then a thing and like we said I love you. Like it was yeah. like a thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, shit. But it's also like my first like deep <laughs> yeah. real love and I like I think that I like the like sadness that I was able to feel after that and like the like drama of the heartbreak. Mm-hmm. 
that was great. Yeah. Oh my god. I, I love a good dramatic a, heartbreak. Yeah. I can't actually no, I do oh mine is really bad actually. <laughs> what is it? 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 <laughs> so my first love, um, we had broken up but we were still kind of like, you know, going back and oh forth. And he like comes over to my place, which is was good because I was like going to his place and then he was he we're like doing our thing and he just like tells me and as he was leaving, so I met this girl and I really want to make it work. So we have to stop. And then Sorry, I'm laughing. And I remember that was probably the first time I cried so hard. Like, were you, what songs were you listening to? I wasn't to anything. Okay. I just cried. But I do have a song. Some, some that I, I have, or I have a, No, I have a song. There's a song by this person. Her name is Heather Headley. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it called? It's like, I wish I wasn't in love with you so you couldn't hurt me. It's like So I would listen to that song because it was like, that's why I was hurting. Oh my god! Did you have a breakup song that you like? There was a there's a <laughs> song that's not Bonnie Bear. It's actually a Justin Vernon song okay. called Hazelton. Is it I'm like of know. the Bonnie Bear ilk? It, well, it's him. So okay. Justin oh, okay. Vernon is Bonnie Bear. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, duh. but yeah. this okay. is like just him as Justin Vernon. I don't even know if it's like on Spotify. I like would listen to it on like a YouTube link, and it's called Hazelton. And I listen, and it's like the saddest. Is that sad? Yeah. Songs. Sad songs are great. I love sad songs. I love sad songs. I just made a Spotify playlist called um, Lullabies for Sad Bitches. I love it. So uh, we like to end each podcast. On a brighter note. Yeah, on a brighter (laughs) note. No more RIPs and sad songs. (laughs) I like listening to uh, old school Garth Brooks. Like like the dance? I don't know if you guys listen to the Garth. Okay. not. He has some really... There's one called Unanswered Prayers. Oh my God! It's, it's the whole, just like devastating. The whole song music. is the whole song is about him seeing his love from high school, and then he's with his wife, and then he's just singing about like all. Oh, sometimes they thank God for unanswered prayers, Jeez. and it's so because like he sees her and she's all as she walked away. I looked at my wife and I thank the good Jeez. Lord for all the things in my life. And I was like, What are you? I trying don't understand. To- is that is. Well, it doesn't he, he sound pr- like it's great for either of the I women know. in the whole right? right? Well, well now that I look back, yeah. It's, not, it's probably not Anyway, good. sorry, Garth. <laughs> anyway, um, so... Um, R.I.P. Garth. R.I.P. Garth. <laughs> Chris well, Kane. The song. Um, so is there an underrepresented voice in the industry, whether it be an actor, writer, producer, or any creator that is not in the mainstream that you want to give some shine to? Ooh, yeah. that's such a good question. You could give multiple names. Um... I feel like there's a lot of women that I that I love um, that are uh, making things that are about to have so much shine. Like, yeah, no, that's yeah, like, that, that, yeah. that, that's what we're going um, for. Yeah, I think Lulu Wong is amazing. Oh, I we, I just yeah. saw the farewell. Last is it night. great? I haven't seen it yet. I just like I've heard you seen so her, many things right? about yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just I can't wait to see it's this movie amazing. of hers. Um, I don't think she needs me to give her shine, but she's no, but it's she. I think she's gonna be and humongous. That, yeah, and that story hits close Yay. to home for me, and so I cried like three times. Yeah, Manal Baig, who did Hala. Oh yeah, I think she's amazing. Uh, actresses, writers, I'm trying to think. Uh, every writer that worked on Sweet Vicious, Jared Frieder, um, Celeste Ballard, Cynthia Darka. Um, it's just the, those writers that I, I absolutely love. Liz Alvernelli, uh, another amazing writer. Emily Levitan, who's my best friend, who made Sweet Vicious with me, who's an executive at Netflix. She's a star, and she's going to run this town one yes. day. Okay. Uh, all of those people, I would yeah. say, they are, yeah. they are my people. That's so good. Yeah. Oh. We love hearing these names. Shout out to them. Well, thank you so much thank for you, being Jen here and for doing this. this JKR. Thank you. Thank you. Can you call me JKR? 
Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, you know what? You know what I like about that? Yeah. It sounds like Joker almost. J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling. Oh! Rowling. I always say, like, I could share monogrammed towels with J.K. Rowling. You hear if that, she wants JK? to do that. J.K. is an avid listener. I'm yeah. Just J.K. 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 Yes. J.K. Yes. Cool. I am I am the second most famous J.K.R. Cool. Thank, cool. thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.